we've been off air for a little while. Uh, hasn't been a lot of action uh, on the podcast front, but we've got national tournaments coming up. And uh, this one's a little different because it's both the women's national tournament and the women's youth national tournament. And as part of that, we're trying to do podcasts with all the uh, head coaches for the senior teams. And today we kick off our podcast series with the South Australian head coach, Austin Gallagher. Austin, you're doing a great job of fiddling and making a lot of noise in the background. Let's get you talking. How are you doing? Yeah, good. How about yourself? Very well, thank you. Appreciate your time. Now, um, we got a lot, of, lot to cover because um, we haven't given a lot of airplay to female baseball and this tournament's a pretty big event because we've got kind of like the Women's World Baseball Classic of uh, events coming up with the Women's World Cup uh, in August where the Australian team will be selected and uh, uh, participating. So um, really keen to A, hear about your team, B, hear about the growth of women's baseball and uh, talk about how on earth an Australian team is going to be pulled together and compete at this level. So I suppose we should kick off first with um, your team and how trials progress, how you came about selecting the team and where you think your strengths will lie uh, with the squad in 2023. So I took over the state coaching job, um, which was in the COVID shortened year, but obviously we didn't have a chance to play. So my first official time managing the South Australian women's national team was last season. And during the buildup of last season, um, we had a little bit of a later start, um, with our training and our selection period. And during that process, uh, we kind of had a shortened team. Um, we didn't have as many out as we thought that we could. And from our, our games and everything we had, we were the host of the tournament last year here in, in Adelaide. And our team, in my opinion, we had a really good run. We had a lot of really young girls. There were, I think we had six or seven that made their national, um, like their state team debut at nationals. And a lot of them did extremely, extremely well. Um, and so much to a point where, we, you know, we won some good games and we were, we were really close with a lot of teams. As a matter of fact, we had a, I think an eight run deficit against the Western Australia team here and then ended up coming back and tying it, um, and went into 10 innings in which we unfortunately, um, got the loss, but it was one of the most memorable games of baseball, um, that I've been a part of as a player or a coach. So there was a lot of momentum that built up from last year. There were a couple plays here or there, a couple mistakes. But um, going into this season, we've doubled our time that we've spent in our selection. We've doubled our training. And we have a lot of returning players and a lot of players that have gotten healthy. Um, so for us, we're really optimistic. Um, we have a very good, strong core group of players that are relatively young. Um, the majority of our players are right around that anywhere from 16 to 25-year-old range with the majority of them being around 22 to 23 years old. So we've got a good, strong group. We've got a lot of girls um, that did have their one year under their belts and a lot to look forward to. The Obviously, you don't get – there's not the volume of females playing as there are males. Does that require then the all the players to effectively go both ways, pull the Shohei Otani move and pitch as well as hit? Or how have you broken the squad up to make sure that you're able to – you know, cover the requirements across a tournament all crammed into a number of days? 
So we had, so last year when I took over, we had quite a few pitchers, um, like pitcher only, but this year, um, I've been, I've been blessed. I was going over cause we have a trial game coming up tomorrow night, which we're scrimmaging one of the under 17 team charter teams here. And, um, out of our 16 players that we have on the list, we have 12 legitimate pitching options and all relatively, um, you know, healthy and fit and on the younger side. So for us, we have probably three really good starting pitchers that we're going to roll out there. There's a couple that will get some spot starts here or there, but the ability for a lot of these guys um, that have come over from softball, they, they're able to throw hard. And as long as they throw strikes, it's going to give us a lot of options. And in tournament baseball with pitch counts and, you know, different days rest um, that I would have to give them as a coach, having having those tricks up your sleeve is always a bonus. We were talking um, off air about your baseball background and, you know, you've number of years in professional baseball, uh, you know, family history of professional baseball. And um, we kind of started talking about the differences between male and female baseball and coaching uh, females as opposed to males. And I cut you off because you started to come up with some pretty good answers. And I said, I don't want to waste them. So let's, let's get into that now before we sort of dive back into the team. But, you know, as, as someone who has played a lot of baseball and experienced a lot of um, um, baseball, both internationally uh, and in the US, what is, in your experience, what are some of the key differences between coaching males and females? To be quite honest, I, like I was telling you, I never really imagined getting into coaching women's sport, particularly women's baseball. Um, it's not as organized in the United States as it is here. And ever since I took over, actually, I was, I was doing some programs in the high performance and we had a couple of women that were in there and particularly Carly Moore, um, who's one of our top players. She's our captain and, you know, she's competing for a spot here for the world cup. And, um, the work ethic that these girls had put in, um, during these high performance programs, I was just so impressed with how quickly they were able to make adjustments. And, when I started doing things with the women's state team, um, I also helped coach the Adelaide Giants um, in the women's the women's showcase that we had here a couple years back, and to see that level um, of competition. But the biggest difference for me was coaching. Um, you, you know, they they retain things so much quicker, and I feel like as a coach, for example, this year I've, I've you know in the, the past eight weeks that we've had training i'm able to go put in first and third plays and butt plays and pickoff plays and i've only got to tell them one time so i'm able to accomplish so much more at the trainings because they're not getting too much other information that's filling their mind and when you give them you know good proper coaching the, their ability to ask questions but to also remember and take that into their training is second to none so um yeah like being an impact and being someone that they can trust and to work with, like I, I feel that you can make a lot bigger impact as a coach. So ever since day one that I've done it, um, the girls and particularly my girls have just been amazing. And it's just been so much fun to be able to coach because, um, yeah, like I said, they retain, they ask questions. Um, and I think it's a lot easier to communicate to them. Just out of interest, like as, as someone with, quite a substantial level of experience as yourself. When you look at uh, women's baseball, where do you think, where are the shortfalls 
either in skills or understanding. And and by that, you know, you touched on it. They, they may not have received the level of coaching as, as male players, but where do you see some of the gaps um, that you sort of have to focus your attention into to ensure that it's lifted to meet the, the standards at, at the national tournament level? I think it's just from, you know, it just comes from experience. So with the high performance programs and, and really trying to get these girls to more of an elite level, that's, that's really where it comes from. And I know, particularly here in South Australia, um, since the time that I took over to the time where it's at now, our women's numbers has quadrupled um, as far as overall numbers. So our competition has really grown here. But I think the girls that are now on the state team that aren't that far off, they're doing a really good job of not only playing themselves, but to give back to these 12, 13, 14-year-old girls who are participating in the new national championships. And I think if you look at baseball as a whole from a woman's perspective is that you've got the first woman to play in a Division One college baseball, men's baseball game. Um, you've got first base coaches that are in Major League Baseball. You've got managers that are coaching minor league teams now. So women's baseball as a whole is expanding um, internationally and globally um, to a point where you can see the growth eventually. And I think the passion and interest for that is what kind of drives that. Traditionally, softball has been the sport that women have played. Are you seeing females move away from softball to baseball, or are they playing both? Or what's the you know, and what's the draw for some of these women to baseball rather than softball? So the ones that I have that have just a baseball background, it seems to be that their father yeah. was either a player or a coach, where they coached for a long time, and to be quite quite honest the rest of that like m- most of the rest of those players um that don't have that background whether it's in a family those are the ones that also play softball as well as baseball and i think for us um going from the softball where obviously the pitching is at a shorter quicker distance the the, the game moves at a lot faster play faster pace with the closer bases and the closer field that when they do get a chance to see the ball thrown at a longer distance and have these longer base paths that a lot of these softball girls, because of their quicker hands and their strong arm and their ability to have a little bit more sense of urgency, when they do get a couple years under their belt in women's baseball, that they seem to really have, have an advantage um, when it comes to the speed of the game and the impact they can make when they come across. Yeah, that's interesting. I, that's not a take that I've ever heard before. So uh, I appreciate you putting that into, into context. Um, so in terms of the growth of the game and, and how do you see – sorry, why do you see women playing baseball? Why do you see that as important to the game? Oh, I just – I think it's important because it gives people more options to, you know, have different sports that they can, they can strive to get to. So women's baseball, I mean – it goes for youth. It goes for as you get older in your career. Like I know a lot of, a lot of people that have grown up, they've played soccer or volleyball and they've stopped doing that when they got outside of college and they want to come over and play baseball, whether it's in their mid to late twenties and it's not as high impactful of a sport to their body. So they can continue playing. Um, and even the stuff that I have involved with just coaching some of my club. I mean, I've got a lot of girls who are in their forties and fifties that are still playing and loving playing women's baseball and that has allowed them to have their daughters or 
nieces or, you know, anybody that's in their near family that have now came out to play because, you know, it, it is a, a very inclusive sport. And I think with, um, with it constant growing, constantly growing. And now that you're seeing these avenues for women to succeed globally in the sport, whether it's as a coach or a player or, you know, getting to college or world cup or these opportunities that it's going to continue to grow. And when you can have, um, these benchmark players that are, you know, breaking barriers, it's, they're, they're real true role models for the game and the continued generation. Hmm. So let's get back to your team before we uh, talk about the sort of ins and outs of tournament baseball. Um, so, you, you know, you had a you, – you're comfortable with the returners coming to the to the team this year. Where do you think the strengths lie in your squad? So if I was to say to you, Austin, how are you guys going to win this tournament? What are the elements that your team will do well or where you see yourself doing well that allow you to do that? So our our team is built around a lot of athleticism. Like we don't have the big hitters that can hit the ball over the fence. I mean, we, we do have a lot of good, strong girls that can hit the ball, but our team is built off of athleticism and also versatility. So we've ever since I've taken over this program a couple of years ago, um, we've really tried to implement a Japanese style of baseball where we play small ball. We make sure that we execute. We move runners over. We uh, play good, sound defense. And I think for us to be successful, um, I have a lot of confidence in our pitchers throwing strikes. And we have speed all throughout our lineup. Um, and to be able to you know, lay down a bunt, move someone over, bunt for a hit, get some extra bases um, on the base pads, that's the way um, that we're going to be successful. There's a lot of really talented girls in some of these other states. And I'm not saying that our girls aren't as talented. I, I believe very strongly in our group. Um, we just don't have the experience as some of the other states. And I think that once we can understand what our brand of baseball is, and if we play our brand of baseball, um, we're going to be we're going to be very competitive. And I think we're going to surprise a few people. Hopefully, coming up in the next week. And pitching wise, obviously, you know, I want to get into how to manage your way through a tournament because it's it can be tricky, but Pitching wise, what what are you looking for from your squad on the mound? And you know, is it uh, the other question? I suppose I have for you is what sort of velocity do we look for at the female level that you would deem as elite or world class? So this is something that we've been working on with our pitchers. I think the biggest difference between pitching at a summer club ball competition compared to a national competition is. You, throw, you need to throw a lot more fastballs and you need to throw a lot more strikes because um, at least for the pitching that I've seen, um, just throwing a breaking ball that's right down the middle of the plate in a 1-1 count isn't going to cut it. And I think that when you're looking at, at Nationals pitching, it's all about getting ahead with your fastball and pitching off of that until – you know, you need to use your secondary pitches because I think if you rely heavily on your secondary pitches and you keep your defense flat, then that's when free bases are going to occur. And that's, that could be the difference between winning or losing a game. So from a pitching side of things, it's just being efficient. It's throwing your fastball, having a little bit different patterns, but also having a strategy when you go in. And when you talk about lining up um, your pitching strategy um, or how you're going to do it, like, I have a way that I want to have things done. Um, I think you look at the amount of 
starters that you have that can get you long in the game. Um, and with the amount of days that you have through a tournament, it's just managing their pitch, their pitch count and um, how they're going to be with that amount of days rest that you see them throwing the next time. So I think it's important because at least here in SA, our women only play one game a week on a Sunday afternoon. So to go into a tournament where you're playing back-to-back days and some of these girls have to throw in back-to-back days, um, it's just part of the process that you have to do in trainings and in preparation mentally and physically leading up to the tournament. And what sort of, not to give away all your trade secrets, but what sort of mental and physical preparation have you been doing to kind of ramp your players up to meet the physical requirements of tournament baseball? So we actually have um, a great program over here um, and and guys that, um, you know, work heavily with our, with our athletes from a strength and conditioning standpoint. And after the Nationals tournament last year, a lot of these girls really made a concerted effort to go into this winter program um, at the Australian Athletic Center that we have here in Adelaide. And they've really put time and have invested time into their body and, and really being in the shape. So we've been lucky that these girls have had a five out of seven day a week program um, that has low intensity, moderate intensity and high intensity days. So that we're looking at our body um, to be able to be prepared to do these things. So whether it's not that we go out there and we train seven days a week, Um, we train a couple days a week, but we're able to still do things on those days that we don't have training. And I think being, having the, the focus and the work ethic that these girls have had, it's, it's just given these girls a guideline. Like I, I couldn't say enough about their mental of where they've at. They've been at from last year to this year. Um, they've really, you know, pin their ears back and they want to achieve high things. And, um, just to be a part of that as a coach, there's nothing more pleasing when you've got a group that wants to go out there and they just want to be better and they want to be the best that they can possibly be. And they're willing to do whatever they can and sacrifice how many hours they can into that day to, to get to that goal. Oh, absolutely. As a coach, if you can see that level of uh, determination and work ethic, it kind of, you know, the results can sometimes take care of themselves. Now, this is the best part of the podcast. This gives you an opportunity to name some of your players and sort of just put some put some radar uh, alerts out there for uh, fans of the game. Who, who should we be looking for on the team? You mentioned your captain, Carly Moore, is someone who um, is likely competing for a, a position on the Australian team. Um, by all means, you don't need to name everyone, but who, who are some of the players we should be looking out for? Well... Um, I'll start off with Carly. She'll be, she was our shortstop last year, um, kind of out of necessity. Um, but she will be, (laughs) if you ask her, she doesn't want to miss a single inning of this nationals tournament. So I fully expect her, um, if she's healthy to be catching, um, and being a part of that backstop for the whole tournament. So she's our vocal leader. She's our, you know, workhorse and, um, she's going to do magic with our, with our pitching staff and we have a very good pitching staff. We've got three real top end arms and Dar- Darna Borsveen, who, um, she was an all-star, um, in our league this past year and she'll probably be the ace of our staff. Um, very good mix. And you have Georgia Davis, who is still a really young girl. Um, she won our league's best and fairest last year. And, um, she's got an unbelievable mix. She just pounds the strike zone and she, she usually pitches at about a 70 
36% strike rate with about a 1.2 whip. So the confidence that I have in her to be able to go in there at any stage um, is just awesome. When you know somebody's going to go out there, they're going to throw strikes and keep you in every single ball game, no matter who it is. And then another one who's came back um, is Sarah Short. And the changes that she's done to her body um, and the work that she's put in the offseason has really got her into a position where in, in prior years, I think she was, you know, a couple innings at a time type pitcher where she is in shape to go out and throw as many as, as her arm's going to be able to give us. And um, I've seen some really good things from her. And then on the flip side, from an offensive perspective, we have a couple of girls um, that also played in the Women's National Showcase um, in Gemma Letton and Bianca Ramsey. So Gemma Letton will be our third baseman this year. She will be at the top of the lineup. She can steal bases. She can get on base. And um, she's got power um, to all fields. But there were a couple of times, even last year, where she just got picked off and she just beat the throw. Um, she's got tremendous speed. And then Bianca Ramsey, um, the other one, she was our center fielder. She's got a real good, strong arm. Um, and she's, she can hit the ball with some power as well. And um, she'll be platooning in the outfield. With another girl that's coming back that's um, – a real good surprise is Ash George. She's a uh, left-handed thrower, left-handed hitting outfielder that will be in the top of our lineup. And when you talk about, uh, you know, a two-hole hitter, she's one of the best. She can move a runner over. She can lay down a bunt. And it just seems like every time she puts the ball on the ground, it's going to be a hit. So she's got a cannon for an arm. She's got wheels. And, um, you know, the way that lines up, and I haven't even said – our cleanup hitter um, and Jess Maslin, who, you know, she's competing for a spot on the national team as well. And um, <laughs> like out of all the girls that hit this past year, she, she hit at a seven ten mark. Um, and she was able to score runs and drive, drive guys in. And we had a, we had a trial game a couple weeks back and um, she put a ball off the top of the wall here at West Beach with the wind blowing in. That was one of the hardest balls that I've seen hit by a woman. And, um, you know, it's, it is a lot of excitement. I think our lineup, um, this is one of the strongest lineups that we'll be able to put out and to have all of our pitchers come back in the shape that they're in. Um, it'll just kind of be a sit back and watch. So um, not to mention a lot of the young talent that we have coming through. And like I said, I could continue to talk and talk, but um It'll be awesome to see what these guys are made of. You did a good job rattling off the almost the entire team there. You will get uh, <laughs> you'll get in trouble for missing someone, but um, no, it's pretty good. Pretty good overview of the squad. Um, I, I want to take a just a slightly different tack before we let you go. Tournament baseball is challenging. It's you know a bunch of games all condensed into a short period of time, and as a manager, a lot of the time it's it's kind of workload. Um, but the interesting piece. Uh, and the, and this is where I kind of really want to dive into is as as a manager you're not you're not just managing the games you're managing rotations you're managing uh, workload you've got to read body language you've got to understand you know people's level of fatigue and then probably one of the more challenging pieces is the mental side of the game and you know we talk to a lot of youth coaches about how how you as a coach keep players on track like you might have a terrible opening game of the tournament. And you cannot let that player just, you know, spiral down the drain. How do you as a manager, how do you stay on top of the mental side of things in a tournament to make sure, you know, the players are, 
you know, coming back ready for the next game and, and, and rebounding as quickly as they can. What, what, how, do you, how do you go about doing that with a group of players that you've sort of brought together relatively short notice and, and perhaps have never travelled together before? Yeah, look, it's challenging with whatever way you look at it because I've, I've spent hours and hours, you know, last tournament and this tournament going over, you know, ideal situation, up by a, a lot situation, down by a lot situation, close ball games where you're trying to get position players in, you're trying to manage pitchers. Um, but at the end of the day, no matter how much you, you can um, – you can draw it up. Things happen. Um, and point in case goes to show for us um, last year in the WA game, particularly where we were down, we were down by a lot and um, tactics changed, but we ended up finding a real good rhythm with the girl that we brought in to pitch. And she held us through like 90 some pitches after only throwing one inning the previous year in club ball. And we ended up going into the 10th inning and she actually executed a bunt play to get a lead runner out at third base. So the thing is, is that you never really know what happens, but most importantly, I think for us, the difference between last year and this year is that, you know, we didn't really have any expectations going into the tournament. So everybody was really relaxed and we were enjoying it. But once some of these tough situations did arise, we didn't really know, exactly how to handle that moment and I think the difference between last year and this year for us um, is that we've we've really taken a more serious approach and the girls have held themselves a lot more accountable um, so that they're able to be in these in these situations because let's face it I mean these girls only about a week ago they were facing each other in a grand final um, so going from opponents and then the teammates that you have to be there for um, in such a such a quick amount of time. It is a challenge, but I think that all comes from player leadership, um, but also just being ready for whatever happens. So I, I know it's um, it, it's tough to to handle that mentally, but it's more of a pro attitude. Um, during the regular season, you play, and then you've got six days to think about it before you have another game. Whereas here you play and you'll have less than 24 hours until you're back on the baseball field again. So I think it's just having more of that pro approach, letting things come as they go and understand that you're going to be out there the next day to get them back as opposed to waiting another week until you get that opportunity. You touched, you touched on something interesting. Um, the, um, the leadership piece, you know, you've, you're putting a team together. Where does leadership come from in situations like this? So luckily for me, um, like I said, there were a lot of girls that took the initiative to have an off-season program and really focus and put time in this off-season program. So they've really come together um, as a squad there because a lot of these girls, they, they play for different clubs. Um, so in the off-season with them working as a baseball community together, they've put a lot of time and effort into it. So I think the difference between you know, a good team and a great team is that good teams coaches lead and that great teams, the players lead. And I think the difference between when you're successful and you're a championship type team or you're somebody that is pushing because let's face it, the teams that end up winning, they don't have a cakewalk all the way through. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be close games. There's going to be games that you have to battle back. It's how you handle those situations as a, as a team but it's the players that are out there. It's the players that get it done. 
And it's the players that have to believe that they can get it done. And I think that if you have leadership and you have a voice internally and you have a couple, couple leaders that can pick people up when they're down, as opposed to coaches having to do that, then you're all collectively together there as a peer group, as opposed to one person that's trying to lead over a bunch of people um, that can't proactively be out there. So player leadership, definitely 100% of the way. Mm. Um, if you have player leaders that are there and they believe in it and they stay confident and they stay calm in those situations, those are the teams that are most successful. Well, we've taken up a bit of your time. We really appreciate the insights and uh, we wish the South Australian squad all the very best. Um, the master plan is to do a podcast with the winning coach at the conclusion of the tournament, Austin. So hopefully it's uh, you and I chatting again. Thank you very much for your time and all the best when the tournament kicks off on Friday. Thank you so much, Stuart. I appreciate you guys having me.